Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This is Courage Cast, encouraging one another so that more will believe. Well, today we're going to switch gears a little bit from our normal inspirational type of episode, although there's lots of inspiring conversation here, but we're going to talk straight up business. Scott Brookins joins me today. He's a corporate and securities law attorney that has helped countless of entrepreneurs start, grow, and capitalize and even acquire and exit businesses of all shapes and sizes. In addition to his legal practice, Scott is also the president of a food processing business called Craftology Foods. Craftology produces a variety of food products that are sold in grocery and food service chains throughout the eastern United States. So given his expertise as both an attorney and an entrepreneur, Scott understands not only the technical side of getting a business off the ground, which is largely what we're going to talk about today, and the risks and challenges that entrepreneurs go through each day to keep their businesses running. But he also understands the rewards that come from business ownership. Now, Scott is on a mission to help as many people as possible achieve their dreams of entrepreneurship by helping them get their own businesses up and running. I'm excited to be talking to Scott. Scott, welcome to the Courage Cast. Uh, thanks so much, Eric. I really appreciate uh, the invitation to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, I think you have such a unique um, skill set and experience that it's going to be a really fun conversation. So why don't, I, why don't we start off by um, uh, giving people an idea of the difference between a sole proprietorship, a partnership, an LLC, S corp, C corp, you know, what, what is the difference between all those real quick, just kind of a foundational discussion? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think to really frame this, the answer to this question, I think it's important just to, to understand the concept of limited liability. And so if you're operating as a sole proprietor or in a partnership context, you, um, are actually operating without limited liability. But if you have an entity like an LLC, uh, a corporation, S Corp, C Corp, then you do have um, what's called limited liability. And basically what that is, is we are limiting the liability of the owners of the business. And so anybody that interacts with the business, like an LLC or a corporation, um, the owners of that business are not gonna be held liable in theory. Um, for the acts of the business. And so their liability kind of is shielded with, yeah. the, with the veil of the, of the LLC or corporation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of that, that main concept that's important to understand. So that's, that's the big distinction. Uh, mm-hmm. A sole proprietor is essentially a person that's operating a business on their own. They have no, no, li- no limited yeah. liability at all. Exactly. They're completely at risk for everything they do. Exactly. And that's, and that's kind of the, the main, the main distinction there. A sole proprietor and then a partnership. If you just kind of start operating with another person or a group of people and, but don't form an entity. Um, it's the same kind of, uh, risk there. You don't have that limited liability protection. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you do, 
um, whoever you're interacting with, whether it's a customer or a vendor, if you don't have, uh, you're not operating under an LLC or, or a corporation, then you don't have that limited liability protection and your personal wealth that yeah. you have as an individual is at risk. Yeah. And so that's the main distinction between, you know, sole proprietorship, partnership, um, and, and LLC, S Corp and C Corp. Okay. Now, um, how much do you have just as much protection with an LLC as you do with an S Corp or C Corp or like dive into that even a little bit more because I've, I have had both an LLC and an S Corp in my businesses. Um, so tell me the difference between an LLC and an, uh, and a corporation. Yeah. So there actually isn't really much of a difference between an LLC and a corporation in the context of, or if you're thinking it in the context of limited liability protection. Mm -hmm. So they're just, they're, they're two different types of vehicles, but they accomplish basically the same goal and that is limited liability protection. So the Mm -hmm. distinction is actually um, drawn on in a different context and that's actually in the the taxation context. So Mm -hmm. with an LLC an S corp and a C corp, their, their IRS is going to look at those in a little bit different way, depending on which one you have. And that is really where that distinction comes into play. Mm-hmm. So a, a C-Corp, um, that is something that really it, in the small business context is not always a very beneficial vehicle for people to utilize because it has a concept known as double taxation, which means all the income that the corporation um, receives is taxed at the corporate level. So uh, whatever na- net income you have, you've got a, the corporation has to pay a tax to the IRS on that income. And then when whatever's left over and then is distributed to the owners of the business is taxed again when the owners receive it. So it gets taxed twice. Okay. So for small businesses, it's not really a great vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, with an LLC and an S Corp, those are much better vehicles for smaller businesses because they don't have that double taxation mm-hmm. um, hit like the C Corps do. Mm-hmm. And the main distinction between an LLC and an S Corp, as far as taxation goes, comes down to what's called self-employment tax. And it, it can be a, a bit uh, challenging to um, describe and kind of understand because it, it does get, you have to get into the weeds a little bit, but yeah. basically with an LLC, um, you, you have to pay what's called self-employment tax. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like your base tax rate. And then you've got to pay an additional, it's roughly 15% on top of that, that we kind of label generically as a self-employment tax. And with an S corp, there's a way for individuals. Um, if you classify your business as an S corp to avoid paying that self-employment tax, at right. least on a portion of your income. So it, it. It, like I said, it can get a little complex, but it is a, an S corp is a great tool for individuals that are small business owners to potentially use to save on some taxes. And that's really something the CPA or a tax attorney can really dial into for a, you know, a particular entrepreneur to see what's right for them. Right, right. Uh, well, a starter, a starter business to form would be an LLC. And that, that's how I got started. And, and that generally gives plenty of protection um, just from my perspective as a, as a business owner. Um, but again, there, there's distinctions there that would be good to just walk through with a CPA to see if that would be uh, a better to form an S corp. And that's de- mostly what we're going to be dealing with. Um, I won't get into the weeds too much on that. Um, but I, I was just curious on one more note. Um, let's just say worst case scenario, uh, a business, um, doesn't like their uh, the business owes hundreds of thousands of dollars and there's just no way uh that you can see as a business as the owner of the business a way out 
um, and the only option is to consider bankruptcy. So if, for example, you would consider bankruptcy, um, would you be liable personally for the debts of the business um, if you were an LLC or is there any advantage, worst case scenario, when it comes to a, either a chapter seven or chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, to be an S-corp versus an LLC? Yeah, so the, there really isn't going to be much of any distinction in the context of bankruptcy uh-huh. when it comes to uh, what type of entity classification you have. And the interesting thing actually about LLC versus S-corp versus C-corp is um, those are like an S-corp and a C-corp. The state law doesn't actually recognize those. You actually, to form an entity, you do it at the state level. Um, on the so national level or on the state level? State level. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, you f- you form your entity in whatever state you want. Um, and then, um, so like an S-corp and a C-corp, those are actually uh, vehicles of, of federal law under the IRS code. Got it. And so you don't actually form an S-corp or a C-corp technically. You actually form a corporation or an LLC, and then you get to elect what what tax classification you want. So actually, my business is actually structured as an LLC, but I've elected to be taxed as an S-corp. So technically, I'm an S-corp, even though mm-hmm. my vehicle for liability purposes is an LLC. Mm-hmm. So the the distinction from a bankruptcy context, doesn't it doesn't actually really matter what you are. It's kind of treated all as in the same way. Now, as far as what, what you can personally be on the hook for when it comes to bankruptcy, and I'm not a bankruptcy specialist, so my um, my skill level on that is just kind of uh, on a peripheral level. Um, but for the most part, bankruptcy kind of wipes the slate, the slate clean. Mm-hmm. And um, you can personally be held liable in the context of bankruptcy, um, uh, like a, an owner can be if there's um, in, in some limited circumstances and some some very specific avenues, um, some of which relates to like fraudulent activity, if that makes ah. sense. Mm-hmm. So, but for the most part, it is going to, um, it, it is going to shield you in some sense from like, uh, from your personal wealth being at risk for the most part. Now, that being said, um, a lot of times businesses, and it just depends on the context, but, uh, when a business declares bankruptcy, it can be a, a good chunk of the individual owner's, um, you know, personal wealth. And mm-hmm. so then it does have a, a pretty big impact on them personally. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just it just kind of depends on each specific context and what the parameters of the bankruptcy are. So right. that's that's certainly something where that's a that's a very dense area of the law and specialists kind of really hone in on, in that and provide specific counsel to individuals in those situations mm-hmm. and really walk them through. But for the most part that's one of the benefits of, of a liability shield as well is that some of your personal wealth is going to be protected um, mm-hmm. from the bankruptcy court. Uh-huh. Um, with a C corp, uh, I would imagine there's, there's, there's ultimate more ultimate protection or not uh, from yeah. a bankruptcy situation, for example. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, in, so if you think of like most publicly traded companies or pretty much all publicly traded companies are C corps. Yeah. So if you own stock in that corporation, the corporation files for bankruptcy, then um, yeah, you're, you're, you're personally, you're going to be fine. And so that concept really holds through for pretty much any type of an entity. Yeah. Um, It just kind of depends more on, you know, what, what's the scope of the bankruptcy and what, what, 
what are the parameters of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you're going to be able to claim some sort of a shield from your personal wealth if you're if your entity files for bankruptcy. Um, but it certainly can follow you. You know, for example, if you have an LLC and uh, the LLC files for bankruptcy, um, a lot of times the if it's a small business, the the owner is you know, very often intertwined with that business in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so that can kind of, it can put a, a kind of a hit on your credit. Um, and you know, it can, it can, it can be one of those things where it can kind of have an impact on you into the future yeah. after the bankruptcy is all wrapped up, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your personal wealth outside of the business is at risk because your business is filing for bankruptcy. Right. Right. It's a complicated process. I, I was just very curious about it because I've, I've seen some close friends go through uh, potentially having to deal with that. So I was, uh, it's kind of top of mind. Um, so what are you back to just entrepreneurs in general? Um, what are you, what are you seeing as you, as you counsel entrepreneurs, as you, um, work with entre- other business owners, what are some of the mistakes that you often make what that we often make as business owners when you're starting a business? Yeah. I mean, that's a great, that's a great question. I'd say, you know, to start probably from a, just putting my, my attorney hat on the big one for me is operating without an entity. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I think that's, it's just best practice to, if you're going to be going down the entrepreneurship path and choosing to kind of expose yourself to the risks that come when you, you know, start market, uh, when you start a business and kind of get out into the you know, the realm of commerce, Mm -hmm. it just makes the most sense to have a liability shield in place so that your personal assets aren't at risk. So that's probably the first one is a lot of people just ignore that Mm -hmm. and choose to operate as a sole provider for longer than they probably should. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Another big mistake that I often see is individuals that don't honor the corporate formalities. And really what I mean by that is, you know, a business is separate from the owners that um, hold the equity in it. And so um, it's important to treat that business as separate from your, you know, your personal, uh, your personal endeavors and your personal bank accounts. And that's a big one is commingling funds. So uh-huh. it, it doesn't often help if you form an entity, you can kind of still expose yourself to some liability if you're not ensuring that your your personal wealth and your personal transactions are separate from the transactions of the business. Yeah. And so having a joint bank account or using your personal bank account as the bank account for your business um, is just not a good idea because you're going to open yourself up to liability. Um, and uh, if anybody were to, to kind of come after you for, for not following through on something or if you were to get sued, mm-hmm. um, it, there's potential for your personal assets to be exposed in that situation. So just making sure that people are keeping things separate and honoring those corporate formalities is really important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another big one is signing contracts. Um, I saw this a lot, you know, in the, in my practice before I left to, um, work full time in my own business. Um, and I was just surprised at how many times people would enter into a contract. So they've got this business going and, um, they sign a lease or are, you know, placing a, a purchase order for something and, and they sign these contracts in their personal name and not in the name of the business. Mm-hmm. And so, Basically, the other person on the side of that contract, if there's a breach or there's some sort of an issue, they have a claim against that individual in theory personally, even though they were, you know, a, you know, trying to operate as their, you know. So let me get this right. So 
Um, my business uh, was at one point called uh, Go Global Entertainment LLC. Mm-hmm. So I should, in order to protect myself completely, I should have signed anything I needed to sign, any contract I needed to sign needed to be, I, I literally needed to write Go Global Entertainment as the signature or how do you mean? Yep. So in the, I mean, there's, there's, it depends on the contract, so it can be different depending on exactly what you're going into. But for the most part, the way contracts kind of work is there's usually like an introductory section in, in most traditional contracts and that kind of identifies the parties to the contract. Uh-huh. And so ensuring that the parties to the contract are, um, are correct and that your legal name, the legal name of your entity is in that introductory section. So yes. that, that it's very clear who the parties to this agreement are. Uh-huh. And at the end, when it comes to actually signing the agreement, making sure that your entity is listed there and that you're signing in your capacity as the president or the manager, CEO or, or whatever, mm-hmm. exactly of the entity. Um, okay. So, so it's not just Eric Nordoff um, at the bottom. It's going to say Eric Nordoff, go global entertainment, a CEO. Uh, and then underneath there, Go Global Entertainment, LLC. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a, a great example of this that I've seen is, and I've seen it multiple times, is leases. Mm. Some individuals that are starting up like a retail business and they um, you know, find a, a space that they want to operate in and they go and talk to the landlord and they sign a lease. And commercial leases are typically uh, pretty longer term endeavors. And it's pretty uncommon to see them for, you know, in a month to month basis or even for a year or less. So I right. uh, had, had an individual um, that entered into a lease agreement and they, the, the lease was pretty poorly drafted and they just signed it in their personal capacity. They didn't ensure that their name of their entity was listed. And so um, unfortunately the business, uh, there was a partnership and the owners of the business did not get along. Mm. And the whole thing kind of crumbled and they were both um, left there um, having to sort out who's going to pay, you know, the two thousand dollars a month on this lease that they signed for three years, even yeah. though they were they really only made it in about a month, mm-hmm. and so the landlord has a claim against them, you know, in theory, and uh, for uh, more or less like almost seventy five thousand dollars in that case, um, and so you know that that's a very challenging situation to be in, and if they had just kind of kept that. Um, that formality in place and ensure that they had entered into that agreement in the name of the entity that they formed. Yeah. Then, then they would have had some liability protection and the owner wouldn't have been able to go after them personally um, mm-hmm. as easily. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about there is just making sure that you're, you're careful in how you contract as a business yeah. owner. Yeah. Okay. That's super, super good. Really, really helpful. Great stuff. It's, it's common mistakes. I've made them. I, I definitely have over the years. So really great that you're providing this. Um, so, um, you know, if I'm trying to get a business uh, up and running, we talked about the mistakes. Are there any other things like to get the business up and running the right way that you would like step by step? What are the steps to getting a business up and running the right way? I'm, I'm sure some of the things we talked about already with the mistakes is in there, but anything else? You know, I think, yeah, I mean, there's, there's actually, you know, in my mind, there's a pretty clear process that individuals should follow when it comes to just getting the business started Uh from, from my standpoint and looking at it more as an entrepreneur and not just as an attorney, but putting my entrepreneur hat on, I think the first step that anybody should go through when it comes to getting the business up and going is having a plan. 
So mm-hmm. really sitting down and thinking through what is it that, that I'm, that I'm going down here? What does this journey look like for me? And yeah. understanding, you know, what direction do I want to go down? And so when I think of that, I mean, you could call it a roadmap or a business plan is kind of the common vernacular that people have for it, but it doesn't have to be something really formal. It just has to be something that is cohesive as far as what you are hoping to accomplish. And so from my standpoint, the questions that I encourage people to answer are number one, why are you getting into business? Why, why do you want to do this? Because business is tough. Anybody yeah. that's been an entrepreneur knows it is not easy. And yeah. if you don't have a really clear idea and a clear vision for the reason why you're going down this direction, in this down this path and in this direction, um, you, you are very well going to find yourself in a situation where you might want to quit. Um, and so you really need to make sure you've got that why articulated well. Yeah. The next thing is really understanding, you know, what problem is it that your business solves? Yeah. You know, businesses exist to solve problems. That's really w- what they're all about. And so you have to understand what is this problem that I'm solving in this business Yeah, and really be able to articulate that well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things are, you know, understanding who your customer is and why they want the solution that you're offering them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having a plan for how you're going to connect with that customer. So it's not just like open the, open the doors of the business and hope that people show up, mm-hmm. but instead having a good plan for how you're going to connect with them and gather them into mm-hmm. your business. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing on the planning front is how are you going to make money? Um, it's surprising <laughs> to me how many people kind of have grandiose ideas and visions for how this, this is such a great idea. And, uh, you know, it's something that the world really needs. And then when it comes down to it, they don't have a really solid business model that, that is clear and, and identifies what the avenue is going to be for them to actually generate a profit off of their business. So some yeah. simple planning, um, it, it really doesn't take all that long. And it's a really good exercise for in, anybody that's starting a business to, to take in order to ensure that they're going to be better set up for success. Um, so it, it sounds to me a lot like, um, you went through the living your most courageous life challenge that I did the seven day challenge, right? Yeah. So a lot of that, um, can be carried over because it's, those are, those are personal exercises to understand your values and your vision and uh, why you exist. But then you add on to that. Who are you serving? Yep. Uh, who are What's the problem you're trying to solve when it comes to the business yep. and system? You're, what you're essentially creating with the business, yep. you can't, you can't um, make this any more complicated, is you're creating a system for solving that problem. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and then it, finally, it needs to have a financial component to it. Exactly. So that uh, you are uh, able to really hold yourself accountable to that plan. Um, you can make adjustments along the way, but at least you have to have a general idea of what the plan is. Absolutely. I, I, one thing I love that you just said is system. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it, it is something that I don't think a lot of people necessarily see on the front end, but when you get into it, it becomes a little bit clearer, but fundamentally what I think a business actually is, you know, we, we talk about why a business exists. I think businesses exist to solve problems, but when it comes to what a business actually is, in my mind, a business is just a collection of systems that deliver a solution to a customer's problem. Mm-hmm. And so, really on the front end when it comes to planning, it's what, what are those systems and, and setting those systems up so that when it comes time to start serving and offering that solution to your customers, that you're ready and that you've got a, as to the extent that you can, as streamlined of a system as possible on the front end to kind of guide them through the process. Um, mm-hmm. And it certainly makes things or can make things a lot more simplistic for the entrepreneur um, if you've got that planned out on the front end instead of trying to figure it out on the back end after you get things launched. 
I love it. I love your approach. Very practical. Um, these are things that you can be held accountable for and they're not difficult to do. So many people get so excited about jumping into it uh, that they don't give these things thought or they really don't start thinking about it until maybe a year or two later when they're starting to have problems. Absolutely. <laughs> so this avoids the problem. If you could just take um, a day to plan ahead these kind of things, a day or two to just plan and think through what you're about to venture into. Yeah. And it's going to, plus it gives you a lot of confidence. One Absolutely. of yeah. So like, I remember when I started my first business, go global entertainment, which it doesn't exist anymore, but you know, this was 15 years ago. I worked with a coach to help me. I was young and kind of naive, 33 years old. Uh, and I really didn't understand business like I do now. Um, and I'm just so grateful because it gave me confidence to, to grow fast and, uh, and to, to steam ahead because I knew better because I took the time working with a coach to understand who I was, why I was doing what I was doing, what my purpose was and, and what problem I was trying to solve. So, um, I love that we share a similar, uh, uh interest to seeing, um, entrepreneurs benefit. Yeah. I, it, you know, the crazy thing is like, there's so many, I mean, you talk about how practical this pro this component of the process is, and it really is, yeah. it's a front end thing too. It's really before anything is kind of gotten started ideally yeah. at least. Yeah. But there's, I mean, it, it provides guidance to the entrepreneur mm -hmm. and in direction, but it also is really, it's really beneficial for other stakeholders in the business as well, whether they're employees or whether they're vendors or, or customers or financiers. So if you're going out and wanting to get financing for an endeavor, whether that's from a bank or from a you know, potential equity investor. Like mm -hmm. if you don't have a good plan in place, you're going to have a hard time convincing somebody to give you money. Mm -hmm. And, and so this is, this is like core stuff, right? It shows people that you have, um, you know, a mindset of I'm going to, I'm going to work hard at this. That's great. But I'm also going to work smart at this as well. Yeah. yeah. Scott, um, we're just about the end, at the end of our time today, but um, I wanted to give you a chance to reach out to any of our listeners uh, or just share with them how they can work with you, how you're set up, what, what are some of the problems you're trying to solve in your business, and, uh, and how can you be of benefit? Yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate that, Eric. Um, yeah, I mean, people can connect with me at uh, www.scottbrookins.com. Um, okay. that's my, my main website where, um, you know, at this point in time, you know, I'm offering a couple of, of awesome free tools mm -hmm. and that people can check out that hopefully will just help them along in their, in their business and entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Um, and, and, and really that's probably the best way that people can connect with me at this point. Yeah. Um, feel free to shoot me an email. My email is scott at scottbrookins.com. If anybody ever has any questions or just looking for some resources or some guidance, I'm always open to, um, you know, just connecting with individuals and helping out any way I can. Yeah, I love it. Your website's very clean, very simple. It has a start here button, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I love that you don't have too many options, but you do have a let's get your business started today free guide there. Um, start yep. your business in five simple steps. Yep. Um, your expertise is in banking, accounting, bookkeeping, best practices, of course, legal, yep. um, business plan preparations, step-by-step -step guides. This is fantastic. I think uh, people should, everybody should take advantage of it. Scott Brookins, B-R-O-O-K-E-N-S.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Scott, any final words for entrepreneurs, business owners, 
uh, even uh, solopreneurs, uh, what would you say uh, to close us out? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the thing that really just continues to ring in for me um, in my journey as an entrepreneur is, you know, things get hard. I mean, every day is a challenge. Um, that's part of the reason why I really like it, um, because I, I just appreciate the the opportunity to have uh, the opportunity to just solve problems every day, and that those problems are my own problems to solve. But the reality is, it's hard. It's a really hard path to take, um, but there's so much reward in it. Yeah, and if you continue to just persevere through it um, and really own up to those challenges and, and face them head on, mm-hmm. um, you become better every single day. You become a better leader. You become a better employer. You become uh, a, a better vendor. Uh, you become a better person. Um, and so, even though it, it's really hard, and there are certainly days where it's crazy hard, um, there's so much reward to it. So just uh, continue to fight those battles, and um, you're just going to be better because of it. Yeah, very good. I love the encouragement, uh, Scott. Thanks so much. You're uh, you're definitely uh, a, a great candidate to be in our courageous community, and I'm so glad that you're. You're, you're in and you're, you're a fan and that we've made the connection. I'm going to be calling on you and I've got, when I need some advice uh, related to all of this legal stuff. Awesome. Um, and hopefully I won't have to call on you and ask any advice about bankruptcy anytime <laughs> soon. So. I hope so too. Yeah. Thanks thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that you invited me on it. It's been awesome. Thank you. Well, my thanks to Scott Brookins for joining me on this episode of the Courage Cast. Thanks for listening, friends. I'm Eric Nordoff. And remember, encouragement builds belief. And belief makes the impossible possible. Don't forget what Jesus says in Mark 10, 27. With God, all things are possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Courage Cast. I want to invite you in to taking the next step in your journey towards living your most courageous life. You can do that very simply by visiting courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge. That's courageouscommunity.com forward slash challenge.